My name is Gianni Russo, a.k.a. Carlo, the infamous son-in-law from The Godfather. I'm now known as the Hollywood Godfather, and this is my story. Before all of the wins in my portfolio, I was a little boy diagnosed with polio. Experimenting with cures, I tried every one. Felt everything in my right, but my left was numb. Walking with a limp, like will I ever run? Once again, or is this it? Am I forever done? Living in the hospital was never fun. Some people were cool, but not everyone. Everybody, it's time for Hollywood Godfather podcast. It's the first show for 2024. And I have a lot to tell you guys since we've been, we took a little break for 30 days and you're going to find out why. And, uh, we're back. This is our first show for 2024. We're very excited. We got some news today that we're going to tell you. We have a new co-host coming in from Boston, very experienced man in the podcast world. You'll know about him. He'll tell you some of his past. But before we get into him, let's bring in my favorite lady in podcast, Jeannie Raymond. How are you, my darling? Hi, I'm great. I'm so happy to see you again and get to get to chit chat. I've missed it and I'm so happy we're back and real excited to have a new friend joining us. Yes, before he joins us, what were you doing in the last 30 days that we haven't spoke? Or should I even ask? Is well, it let, let me say this. Is it broadcastable? What you Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I do need to uh, get back to my wild days, but I haven't done anything. A lot of snow shoveling. I've done a lot of that, but it's been a bright, sunny day today. So, so I'm glad to be out of the snow for a minute, but Nothing too exciting to report, but I'll, I'll hopefully I'll have some stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. All right. Well, great. Well, I have so much to say, fortunately. I'm, I've been blessed at, for many, many years, and I got all kinds of announcements. But before we do that, I want to bring in Mike DeSasio from Boston, who is a podcast host of his own show. And... We brought him with us because we think he's got so much to offer yeah. to us. And I think you'll appreciate who he is, who some of the people, the celebrities he's already interviewed. But I'll have him say that with no further ado. Mike, welcome to Hollywood Godfather Podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. I, again, this is, this is a high honor for me. Uh, you and I go way back, Johnny. I had you on my podcast a couple times. Way back when you came out with your book, The Hollywood Godfather, um, it's an incredible read about your life story. Um, fascinating, as as your audience does know. So um, I'm glad to be on board with you, yourself, and Jeannie and Mike. Um, so what I'm going to bring to the show, Johnny and Jeannie, is uh, you know a little bit about my backstory, background. I'm, I'm a big classic movie guy, classic television kind of guy. Um, I love the black and white films. Um, in my opinion, they were well-written. The women were beautiful. The guys were handsome. They were dashing. Um, everything back then, in my opinion, was better. The storylines, the directing, the arcs, um, everything was fantastic. Um, even the scandals back then, Johnny, were way better, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> you know, in, you know, Mal Monroe's of the world and the JFK's of the world, you know, I mean, you know, plenty about them. Well, that's uh, all about my era. You know, it's so right. funny that you say that because I was a big fan of black and white Cagney and Bogart. And I got right. to meet all those guys early on. 
And that's what got me interested in the film business long before I thought I'd be in it. And then when I had the opportunity, but uh, like you say, I mean, the, the new genre of, of film, and I don't know how you feel about it, Jeannie, but uh, the, the storylines are weak. They just, I, I like, and I'm good friends with De Niro and Pacino, but I think they're just doing it for the money now. I don't, I don't feel right. the passion, the story. I mean, like, you know, right now, because of the winters, I'm, I'm watching more TV than I wanted to, but um, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, as far as that goes, so I think, and, and that's one of the things that attracted to me when I read your resume and your lineup of people that he's already <laughs> interviewed. Isn't it amazing, Jeannie? Did you, did oh, you go through some I, of this stuff? It was incredible. I was reading that list and thinking, oh my gosh. I I immediately started looking for the podcast. I'm like, I've got to go and, and find the Hollywood kid and check out that podcast. And, yeah. and that huge you know, list. guys, you know, guys, when you're doing something like you guys do, you know, when you're doing something that you're passionate about, it it's no it's not work for you. It's fun for you. You enjoy doing it, um, so that's what that's what happened to me. Um, you know, I just got on a, you know, I, I just walked into a radio station one day on my on my my regular work um, that I do, and I just asked the radio manager, nice guy, I said, "Listen, I, I was just kidding. I would say, can I can I get a show here?" And uh, <laughs> he said, "What do you do?" I said, "I'm the Hollywood kid. I um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a big movie guy, you know." If you need a lifeline for um, who wants to be a millionaire, you call me. That's what I do. So, um, yeah, he said, put something together. And that's what we did. And um, I started with celebrity interviews. My first guest was Robert Davi. Um, Robert's so a good it, friend of mine, you know. Really? Wow. Yeah, he's a great guy. He, great he, guy. He, start, he started in a motion picture for me. And uh, he uh, was very good. Him and uh, William, uh, William Forsythe. Yeah. In yep. fact, I... I I got recognition with the film at the uh, Cannes Film Festival. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, it was a, one, of my, one of the 16 movies I produced. So, and Robert's not, you know, he's a big Sinatra fan. Oh, yeah, he sings now. He's yeah, a singer. Everybody's uh, singing Sinatra. It's amazing to me. Nobody tap dances anymore. Nobody tap dances anymore. Oh, those were the best. Those yeah, were yeah. the best. Movie stars well, didn't have one, one right, talent. Right they back had then. a lot of them. Right, they were called the triple threat. They could sing, act, and dance. They, like like the talented people on Broadway. I mean, if you look at anybody on Broadway, even nowadays, they got to be able to sing, act, and dance, and that's yeah. it. So you know, today's Hollywood is a it's a big money grab, and it's all you know the Marvel book, comic books, and all that crap, which doesn't really appeal to me. Um, you know, it's if I got to watch a movie in color, I, I break out in hives. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I get a rash because it's a shock to my system. You know, you should in, buy a black and white TV. Then they're still around. There you go. <laughs> I see them on, I see them yeah, I see them online. I'm like, wow, that's a great TV. That's a great it. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, if you're that passionate about it, I'll, I'll buy yeah. you one. I'll send it to you. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll send you my address after we get off the air. You know, <laughs> oh, it's funny good. that you say uh, about movies now because I watched a movie the other day and I don't even remember what it was. That's how much it stuck with me, but. It, it was going, 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 and I've noticed this in several movies. Here you are, you're all into it, and then all of a sudden, boom, the last 10 minutes, it's over. And I'm thinking, it's almost like they just thought, okay, we've done enough, and the movie's over. And and I, I've i noticed that a lot with movies. But I'm just going to say, you said stuff about Marvel, and I'm 
big Iron Man fan, so I, okay. I don't watch a lot of movie, but I'll watch Robert Downey. Robert, but you know what it is, guys. In my opinion, you know what it is. There's just too much of it. There's so many streaming apps. It's everywhere. It's how can you just how can you just binge on something, and when you got other stuff that's like flagging in on your phone, try try watching this one. Watch this one. It's just so much. It's it's it, it's overwhelming. Um, so that that's that's what I feel about today's. But don't get me wrong. I mean, there's stuff that I watch. You know, don't get me. If I see something, I I get into. It. I'll get into it. But it, it really takes a lot. Um, you're so saying you're a movie snob, kind of. Yeah, I'm a, that movie yeah, snob. Not Top Gun. I mean, I thought Top Gun was great. <laughs> That's that's oh. how you make a movie. That's yeah, right. you know, those are well, movies. like you said, the production value and and the, and the budgets have been cut, and the stars are taking most of the money, and it's not on the screen. But right. uh, talking about a guy called, you know, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, this kid, I I met him early on, and I, I babysat him after well, coming out of his drug rehab stuff, and oh, uh, yeah. I, I produced a movie. I did three movies with. Uh, uh, Michael LaBelle and Andrew Bergman. And one the one that he was in was His Chances Are with Sybil Shepherd. Oh, right. And uh, I, I don't know if you remember that movie, but I, I was the nemesis in it. And uh, I, I really liked this kid. And, you know, today he's one of the biggest stars in the world. He's never changed. His personality, he'll see me on the street. And it's, it's a lot like Leonardo DiCaprio. Because when they were doing Titanic, they were my guests in Mexico, staying in my house. When that's where they did the miniatures in Fox Baja for Titanic. But those kind of people, I like because these new Varouche people, you know, yeah, I mean, right, right, they're so arrogant, and that's why their careers are two or three years. <laughs> right, right. I, yeah. I, I actually had a problem with the uh, with the Pacino. Because we were doing a movie called uh, Any Given Sunday. We had 28 movie stars in that. And we were in Denver on location. And he he's like, but I mean, he is truly an introvert. So I understand that. But when little kids come up to you and he's trying to right. hide from them, I tell him, why don't you become a monk? Go in the hills <laughs> and get out of here. I know, I know. I don't know. Some guys, they get wrapped up in that whole Hollywood thing. And they, you know, there's, there's no Hollywood heaven. I hate to burst their bubble. Yeah, you know, I know. Oh, heaven for Hollywood people. And, you know, so it's, but, you know, a, a lot of what I did, I did it for, I still do the podcast. It's called Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid. It's up on my YouTube channel. Go there and subscribe. We're going to get some stuff going with that channel again. Um, there's a ton of content on there. And a lot of what I like to do is a lot of the Hollywood murder mysteries. You know, like the Natalie Woods of the world, uh, the Johnny Stompanados of the world, uh, Ronnie Chasen. Uh, George Reeves, uh, who else? The Black Dahlia. You, you know, know it's, it's so scary. I know all the people you're mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> I know you would. Um, how about Kitty Genovese? You know Kitty Genovese? No, I don't know him. Who's that? You know her. You know her. She she was murdered, and every there was like 38 witnesses, and nobody did anything. It was a famous story back, and I think it was in the 60s sometime. Anyways, isn't but, she uh, the um, reason they started the 911 calls? Very good. Yes. Okay. Very Yes, very good. Very good. Yes, wow. that's the reason why. See? She, she, right. She's got tremendous knowledge. That's right. It's unbelievable. See, all the components we have now are adding something to it. <laughs> <laughs> you get three you get three Italians together, move the handle, solve the energy crisis. Yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you, that was uh, that's impressive. That that uh, story behind that is because all those people sat there and did nothing. Right. And and so it's funny all the different um, things that turn out to be helpful and things that impact all of us down the line. And too bad somebody's life was taken in right. the meantime. But yeah, that's I remember, and I'm sure I heard that on a podcast as well. So yeah. Uh, so that's what I do. I do a lot of the murder mysteries. Sal Minio. I did a show about Sal Minio when he got murdered. And um, there's just a, the black guy I mentioned earlier. But then I get a lot of celebrity guests on there. I did Michael Madsen. I had Larry King on there. I know Johnny knows Larry very well. He knew Larry very well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and, you know, uh, the interesting thing about even the name of your show, because, you, I mean, you both read my book. That was the name, The Kid, that yeah. Frank Costello gave me when I was 13. Wow. Nobody really knew my name until I made The Godfather. I mean, certain people did. But in the world, I was known as the kid, and he did that to protect me because I didn't realize the mission he was going to put me on. But he said, call me the kid. That was it. In fact, the, first, the second time I met Sinatra, he said to me, because I was at the Copacabana in the afternoon, and I saw a line around the building already. And I was like, you know, 14. And I go downstairs. And when I was turning 12, Carlo Gambino sent a transistor radio to Bellevue Hospital through his niece to give it to me because I come from the neighborhood, Mulberry Street. And when I turned on the radio, December 12th was my birthday. All I kept hearing about was Frank Sinatra. Well, at six years old, most kids didn't know who he was unless you were an adult and listened to him. And from that day on, I listened to Sinatra even today. Every day. You still have to yeah, the radio. That's Sinatra's birthday as well. I know. 12. That's yeah, yeah. what happened because I turned it on about my birthday and I found about this guy from Hoboken and his humble beginnings. His mother was a barmaid. His father worked at Todd Shipyards. And I said, well, if he could do it, he actually encouraged me because I just watched how many kids die in my ward. They weren't getting out of there at that time. We had no vaccine yet. Jonas Salt didn't invent it. And he encouraged me to get out of bed and crawl. And here I am still many years later, fortunately. Let me talk about another guy from Hoboken who lived 10 doors away from Sinatra, if you had any run-ins with him, or Jimmy Roselli. Well, Jimmy, you know the famous story about them, don't you? Somewhat, yeah. I may elaborate me. Well, his mother loved Jimmy Roselli. So okay. she asked Frank... For her birthday, I think it was her 60th birthday, she wanted Jimmy to sing at this show, at her party, rather. And so Frank had his secretary call Dorothy and said, Jimmy, Mr. Sinatra would love you to sing at his mother's birthday. He said, why don't he sing for his mother? And he hung up on him. Wow. wow. That destroyed his career. Yes, yes. Do you know the story, Jeannie? No. What was his name? Jimmy Roselli was a famous Italian singer. I, I mean, really he, big. Incredible. And he he's said incredible. no. I'm sorry? Mike? Uh, he's and an he incredible. said no. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No, he was an incredible singer. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no I, I mean, was... in the Italian culture, Jimmy Roselli was like the Sinatras. Wow. So he said, he got insulted. <laughs> and he said that to Dorothy, Frank's secretary, let her son sing. And he hung up. <laughs> well... If Frank Sinatra wants to bury you, he buries you. Like Tommy Sands 
played a game with his daughter, Nancy. He exiled him. He bought his contract and put him in Hawaii forever. Wow. He did the same thing to Jimmy Roselli. Jimmy Roselli could only sing in New Jersey. Yeah, he couldn't sing on the West Coast. Couldn't, couldn't come to the West, West Coast at all. Couldn't get into a nightclub. They it took his not to put the word out. Said that was took, it. I think they took his records out of those uh, little jukeboxes on the tables and everything. Well, you everything. know, no, that was that was roulette. I mean, you're right because roulette was owned by Chicago Mob. Correct. They wouldn't put his records in the in the jukebox. Wow. I mean, hey, I mean, so. What you're saying is, is uh, back then Frank Sinatra started the cancel culture. <laughs> oh yeah, hello. Yeah. He started canceling them right off yeah. the bat. No, yeah, yeah, but broke, yeah. yeah, but this cancel culture, they broke your legs. Yeah. Oh, oh well, wow. Sinatra really wasn't mobbed up, but mob people did him favors because they wanted to be his friend. Right. Sure. I, I know Frank really. I mean, fortunately, I knew Frank really, really well till the day he died. But anyway, but why don't you tell your audience? I mean, but to me, when I heard your show, when I did your show, and the and the uh, interview was the Hollywood Kid, I'm saying, wait a minute, I thought I was the Hollywood Kid. So, so it's funny you mention that, Johnny, because like you said, Frank Costello gave you the nickname, the Kid. Right. So. The, so when I was a young kid, little kid, eight, nine years old, again, I was a big movie guy, big television guy, even back then. Um, and we used to play poker with my buddies. You know, we had nothing to do with 10-year-old kids. We played cards. And somebody got stumped on a movie line or an actor's name. And everybody's, oh, geez, I forget his name. I forget the name of the movie. And I would be right there, boom, boom, just rattling them off. And all of a sudden, it just turned into something. They said, ask Mike. He's the Hollywood kid. He knows everything about movies. People oh, that's call how you got the name. I was going to yeah, ask sorry. you how you got that name. That's great. They used to call me on the phone when they were playing poker, in that poker game. I'd pick up the phone. What's the matter? Mike, what's the name of that actor guy? We're having a beef oh, over man. here. Oh, yeah, it's so-and-so. Okay, good. All right, bye. So Mike, that's how they get... That's great. You know, I, I used to watch so many movies, and someone gave me and my kids this game called Seen It. And it's... Um, you would... It asked questions about movies, and, and then whoever guess the movie uh one and i was blurting out answers and i wasn't even really playing with them and then i was blurting out answers to movies i hadn't even seen and they were like we don't even want to play this anymore you know like because yeah. i i could just blurt out some answers but i i i used to go into movies i had a little tiny baby i'd get the big kids off to school and there was a dollar theater by where i lived and i would just take my little pal and Plop her down there and sit in the movie by myself, peace and yeah. quiet. Double and feature. You watch a double that's, feature. That's right, peace and quiet. But that's it. yeah, uh, I love it. yeah, it's um. So that's how I got my nickname, and uh, so I, I went with that, and I used it for the title of the, of the show, "Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid," and it pretty much stuck. So we've been getting good traction. I mean, there's interviews up there with uh, the 150,000 views, 80,000. And the funny part is, guys, I, if I knew what I was doing, I'd probably have a million views. But, I, you know, it took me 40 minutes to get on the Zoom call tonight. You saw me. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, well, it's I'm the same way. I'm not. Thank God for Mike Austin, who's our producer. God bless him. He's oh, been yeah. with me for over 20 years and, and a lot of other ventures also. But, um, but the, the, you it's know, time for a break, isn't it? Yes, I was just about to say that. It's just about to cut in. So more more to continue in just a few minutes.
All right, we'll be right back. But I'm going to do the commercial myself right now because of the fact that on September 24th, I mean, September, listen to me, February 24th, on a Saturday night, I'm in Portland at the Elks Lodge. Call right away. I'll be there doing my show. As most of you know, I turned my book into a one-man show. It's 80 minutes. There's film clips. It's an evening you shouldn't refuse. So call the Elks Lodge, Portland, Maine, Saturday, February 24th. And let's get back to the show. And our new co-host, Mike, he'll be on every week, I think. You're going to hang out with us, Mike? <laughs> Absolutely. As long as I can figure out this Zoom stuff, we're good. We're good. Oh, well, Mike, we'll make it work. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, are we, am I pronouncing your... Tell us your last name so we say it right. Distasio, D-I-S-T-A-S-I-O. Uh, right, the, name great. the podcast is Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid. It's up on YouTube. I really uh, I, I would love if your audience go on there and subscribe. There's a ton of content. There's mini reels on there. I did like six, eight minute videos, short videos like uh, Johnny, Joey Ross. You remember Joey Ross? No. From Car 54, where are you? Remember Gunther? Ooh, ooh. Remember Gunther? Oh, I, I, never, I never watched TV. Yeah. Well, this was back in the old days. I know, um, but I'm saying. Understand what since I was 13 years of age, I was out every night with Costello. <laughs> I wasn't on watching television like the rest of you guys. <laughs> no blame you. Rolling with rolling with Costello and the boys at the Copa. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was the messenger. I used to go yeah. I, I used to have to go get flowers for the table. And the first wow. time they told me to get flowers for the table, I didn't know what they meant. He said, go <laughs> see Carmine and give you money and get the flowers for the table. So I go up as a comment. He wants me to get flowers for the table. And he started laughing. And he gave me an envelope. He's go to 62nd Street and Lexington Avenue. There's a hotel there, the Barbizon Hotel. Go to the second floor, ask for the, 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 the night monitor up there, and give him the envelope. So I go there like a kid, you know, and give the guy the envelope. And who comes down is Grace Kelly. Wow. Come on. Come on, that's not him. That, that's Audrey Hepburn. They all went to the Barbizon Finishing School in New York. She lived in Philly. So now I'm taking, I had a cab, you know, I'm waiting. I had to take them to the Copa. And I didn't, I didn't know who they were. And obviously then I, you know, I became friends with her. I used to, Frank Sinatra and I used to go to the Red Cross Ball every year in Monaco after she married Rennie. And she wow. became Princess Grace. I mean, these stories you can't even make up. Yeah, you can't make that up. You can't make that up. You can't. See, and they all wanted to be at the Copa because Costello had a table with Walter Winchell, uh, yeah. Dorothy Kilgallen. And these, these are young starlets that wanted to be in the columns. And that's what they would do. But that was the meaning for flowers for the table. They were the flowers for the table. I thought I was buying flowers. <laughs> 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 oh, what a bouquet they made. What a bouquet they made. Woof. Oh, yeah. Mamma mia. Um, the Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin would play the Copa when they were when they first starting oh, out. God, yeah. They were big in the Copa. I never liked Jerry. And, and then later on in life, it's a yeah. strange story. I became a big donor to uh, when I had my casino in Vegas during the uh, telethons. You know, he had the, the muscular yes. dystrophy telethon. And uh, and a lot of people don't know this because nobody realized why doesn't he do it anymore when he was alive? Now he's dead. Yeah. But th they found out the and and the and the world started to find out that 
his brother-in-law or somebody relative of his was the advertising portion of that. And that advertising portion took about 30%. Really? And that's why at the end of the show, he'd be crying because he didn't make enough money yet. (laughs) (laughs) And when I found that out, oh, I I, I went crazy on him. And I went crazy on him. I said, you bum, you're stealing all this money. And I mean, but anyway, um, Jerry and I, at the end, was not good. Dean, till he died. I used to go see Dean at, at the La Familia restaurant when they they drop him off, which I felt sorry for the guy. So I'd go in to see him every day. I lived in Beverly Hills for a while. And by 7 or 8 o'clock, he was sleeping on the table. Wow. Wow. And what is when his son died, and he felt yep. responsible for that, do you know why? He convinced yep. he convinced his son to join the National Air Guard. That was during wow. the Vietnam War, and that's when he was on a maneuver and crashed in Palm Springs. Wow! And people don't realize he crashed about fifty feet from. Nancy, uh, uh, the, the mother, the mother. mother, the Nazi mother, right? Totally ironic, you know. But Dean felt that he caused that because he put the kid in there, and he was never the same again. Never. Yeah, what is what a shame! What a shame! His his daughter, his daughter Dina, is great. I had her on. She's a doll. Yeah. Well, I'm Dina. I mean, I, I I was doing him a favor for a while because she was down at the uh, Feinstein's here on Sixty First Street. And uh, he always used to send her two dozen white roses. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a while for her. But then right. I said, am I crazy? That's <laughs> <laughs> not an ad enough. Did, did you ever meet her husband? No, no. Oh, well, how could you be with him? And her? He didn't no, show up. I, I did an interview like this, you know. Oh, oh, oh. I, I still don't know what the guy does. Other than being <laughs> being her husband. <laughs> like, He's the kid. He's the kid. She's Frank Costello. He's the kid. Yeah, no, he's not the kid. Don't even, don't even insult me. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know what he does. Moving on. Um, I want to talk about Johnny. Do you know the Johnny? Do you know the night that uh, Frank Sinatra lost his two front teeth? Of course, I was there. Was you were there? Yeah, at the Sands Hotel. Are you kidding me? He yeah, asked yeah, yeah. for the fifty thousand dollar marker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they cut him off because you know they never let him go more than his pay his payroll which was pretty high so he was pretty down it was a saturday night closing night and he asked for another fifty thousand dollar marker and then the guy wouldn't give it to him well you know who he asked right uh carl cohen yeah and carl's no no slouch and so he said you kike bastard give me the fifty thousand carl went right over and punched him knocked down his two front teeth <laughs> this is a classic line. Nobody ever said this. He said, I'm going to make a phone call. Call said, went to the cashier exchange. You got a bunch of roll of dimes. You threw them at Frank. He said, make your calls. And when you need more dimes, I'll get them for you. Who's he going to call? <laughs> so how much truth is into it? Is it to, um, that he drove a, did he drive a golf cart through the window or no? Yeah. Oh, he did. Everybody did that, you know. <laughs> you see, when at the Sands Hotel, people don't realize it. Around the whence they built the tower, they had all these like motel type things spotted around the whole property, and they were named after 
racetracks from the state you came from. So all the major New York guys were in the aqueduct and people were like that. So they had golf carts for these kind of guys. But Julie Bodell, who ran, again, because of uh, Costello, Costello had the the Copa there. They they opened the Copa room there in in the sands. And uh, so that whole, and they had to work, you know, there was three places they had to work for them. They worked the Copa in New York, the Copa there, and the Fountain Blue Hotel. Because Ben Novak was the front for Maya Lansky. Maya Lansky wow. owned the Fountain Blue. Wow. No, I mean, wow. I got stories. I'm, I, I mean, great stories, Johnny. And uh, and that's what I'm going to bring to the show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mine Johnny's head a little bit. We're going to get some great stories from him because uh, he, he's the best. I mean, it, you know, there's nothing that you say, because I do a lot of research myself, and everything is solid. Solid, you know what I mean. Your stories are spot on. Obviously, you were there. You're like a conduit to the the good old days, you know. Well, you know, I had this conversation today, and I'm I'm I want to I'm sharing with, with you two and the whole world. I'm in my final negotiation with Kensington Press. Now, people who don't know who Kensington is, they are the, one of the oldest uh, publishers in New York City. They're 52 years of age. Their grandfather started it. The family still runs it. It's privately held. And today we went into the final negotiation with my guy, Frank Wyman, of the literary group. He's been my agent for 20 years for writing. And uh, they made me an offer I can't refuse. And I'm writing new books. <laughs> and uh, we, we, I've got a lot of more stories coming out. And I'll be writing. I'm writing already the book. And it takes place in 1963 to 1977. When Howard Hughes was financed by the federal government, when an aircraft helicopter contract during the Vietnam War by Linda by Lyndon Bain Johnson, and the profits he had used to buy hotels in Las Vegas. Wow! They wanted to infiltrate private business. The CIA, the IRS couldn't do it. They use Bob Mayhew, Bill Dana. I know everybody's name. I, <laughs> I, I'm, this is the new book. It's insane. Elvis uh, is involved. Everybody's involved. Uh, so, so correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny. So, when when Cal Cohen knocked out Frank's teeth with no Novocaine, he um, <laughs> that was that was uh, uh, Howard Hughes owned it at that time. No? Right. See, okay. They did. They just sold it to Howard Hughes. Okay, okay. But Howard Hughes didn't know. A, a group of guys, I can't mention some of the names of them alive. In fact, I'm going to be his house guest in two weeks. <laughs> they they were building Caesar's Palace. And they had Jay Sarno front them. They got the land from Kirk Kikorian, and it's called Caesar's Palace. It was 34 acres. And they, as soon as they opened, everybody left the stands. And, and Walter Kane was... Also with Howard Hughes, another guy that he's been with since the studios, and he was the entertainment director, and he was left there with Wayne Newton. <laughs> he's still there. No, so, no, they all dead. So, because yeah, because Frank went to the Caesars after after the Sands debacle. Of course, yeah. Okay. that's where they had to go. Okay, no, right. the people that were involved there was like 
to get it. And everybody went there. I mean, and the lo- the lounges back in those days, for some reason, was this, was the place to be. Am I wrong? Oh my God! If you wanted to be coming up, like I mean, Louis Prima. Yes. I mean, Louis Prima's lounge act would go on for days. You'd go there. The sun would come up. And you couldn't get, there was, when you left the Copa room, there was lines already to get in there. And you had to know somebody, especially when Sinatra, Dean, or any of them were playing it. Or if the Rat Pack was in, forget about it. You could never get a reservation. In the restaurants, nowhere. You had to be in the know or a player. But like the lounges were amazing. I mean, I, I met, I, I found Shecky Green. Wow. Uh, she was discovered there. He was never in wow. the lounge. Then you know who else? And we used to go see him. And when Sinatra walked in, he was the only person in the world that could say this to Sinatra. He said, oh, I heard the skinny guineas in the room. Wow. Wow. And got away with it. Don Rickles. Oh, my God. Rickles was the lounge act. Wow. And and Frank made his whole career. He brought him on Johnny Carson. He did everything. But until they died, they were really close. And uh, uh, we we just lost Shecky Green. I think it was Shecky Green who had that. He, yeah, he, he just died. Yeah, yeah. He had a joke about Sinatra. He says, "You know, Frank Sinatra saved my life." And everybody's like, "Oh, that's a true story." Yeah, he, he rock. <laughs> he, he said, "How do you do that?" Yeah, he, start, he started using that line, and he was told not to call him a skinny guinea, <laughs> and tell to tell give him the punchline how he saved his life. He says, um, he says, I was in an alley one night. Four guys were beating up on me. He said, Frank Sinatra, come over. He said, all right, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's a true story. That's a <laughs> saved my life. No, I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the, you know, the, those kind of stories, like we're saying, even you had to be there and be a part of it. But I, I mean, that's why I really treasure my upbringing. And I mean, I have no education, thank God. But the thing is, that, uh, you know, look what I did without it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Did you ever see the Rat Pack at the, uh, Sands? The Are you room? kidding? I, I, used to, I kept the table at both shows, 8 o'clock and 12 o'clock. And then they caught on what I was doing. Because, I mean, Costello and them owned it. All right. I selling the seats. I'd go in the, lo- in the lobby because I had 10 seats. I didn't need 10 seats. Maybe I had a date that I could sell eight. <laughs> Angelo, the guy at the door, knew me well, the maitre d'. So I'd go and I'd see these couples. Man, I'd pay anything. I'd say, how much you pay to go see you? See. I'd pay $500. I'd give me the 500 Angelo, <laughs> put them at my table. <laughs> I was making two or 3000 a show. I was, it was like some found money to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, though. Mike, I'm sure you're familiar with Gianni, but I, I've never heard anyone just figure out a way to make a little money on anything he's doing. He's got a brilliant mind, and I, I wish I had something yeah. I could uh, barter with right. to uh, make that work for me. But I don't, I don't have any fancy stuff going on. But boy, I've learned some things from him, and I'll tell you what. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to be smarter about what I'm doing. <laughs> well, well, you know. They don't teach you that in college, how to hustle. You know, no. it's, you know, it's it, you, when you grow up in the streets and you're making co- connections with people on the streets. This guy knows this guy. I know that guy. My cousin, my friend, he knows that guy. And that's it. There you go. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. That's no, awesome. But she, I'm sorry. Well, no, I. Uh, you just mentioned somebody, and and again, I heard a podcast. Ben Novak. You mentioned. Ben, you know, 
he owned the they he was the front for the Fond Blue Hotel for years. Now so, was he murdered? I don't know that. <laughs> when you, you know? ask me about murders and I know what happened, I don't answer those questions. Oh, oh, oh. Well, no, I, I think he was the guy that was murdered by his wife. Oh, jeez. Somebody no, know that, that. No, that, that was the kid. Oh, his son. His son. Oh, that was the son. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not asking you. Yeah, no, I wouldn't ask you about, you know, at least not on here. I might ask you on the side. Oh, yeah, I no, but I mean, the statue's a limitation. Murder is not in that stature. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I I thought he was murdered by his wife, but it was um, Ben Novak's son. Son, yeah, in New York, he got killed in a hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. No, that's a while ago, yeah. Well, that kid, he was out of order anyway. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Let's talk moving about. Moving on. Next that's thing. right. <laughs> next. No, but I I think you know the the elements and uh, and I. Mike, you stepping in to is going to bring a different dimension, number one, and your background in your passion for it. That's what it's about. Yeah. Right. That's what. That's and the people that you've gotten. I mean, I can't believe it. But, uh, you know, it's uh, and I think our audience is blessed and we want to piggyback your show. If you want us, Mike will put you up with us. And grab our audience, we'll grab your audience, and we'll help yeah, you. Absolutely, Johnny. And, you know, and for the audience listening out there, my audience, obviously Johnny's audience and Jeannie's, you know, it, we, we, I, I'm always open to the, you know, the viewership. You know, if they want, they got suggestions, you know, there's always ways to contact us. You know, everything's out there nowadays, you know. Ideas. Yeah, he just mentioned something. Do, do you have an email you want to share for our guests from now on? Sure. Email Mike, and, and not you, Mike, Jeannie. Oh. Because I don't want you handling all that. We do a mailbag show once a oh, month. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. And we answer that. Do you want to give our audience some, uh, uh, or do you want to think about it? Which one you want to create? Me or that or Mike? No, you, you. Oh, I want you I was to handle. Just talking it. to Mike about that at the um, earlier. So we'll we'll figure something out for right now. Can we still use our Hollywood Godfather one? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do that, and then. Um, I, like you're saying, I think it's going to be a great uh, collaboration with you, Mike. It's going to be great. What, uh, what we'd love is if all of your um, followers would jump yeah. on and like all of our stuff, rate and review. Hopefully, you'll like what we've got in store for the next year. And any one of our Hollywood Godfather uh, followers do the same and, and go and click on Mike's Mike's great podcast because boy, I'll tell you what, the first thing I did when I heard about you, I I immediately jumped on and started looking for uh, real talk with the Hollywood kids. So I yeah, think it's great. We're looking yeah, forward to again. I mean, hopefully, I can, you know, I'm going to bring some guests on. We're going to take some deep dives, deep dives to something, you know, some murder mysteries and, you know, really get the audience, you know, you want to shock them every week and give them some new, fresh content every week. Um, cause that seems to be the thing to do nowadays. Cause there's so much stuff out there. Like I said earlier, even on the YouTube, there's tons and tons of stuff. And, um, so you got to try to stick out. You have to, you have to have a, you know, a niche. Um, we, I mean, from, from what I do and from talking with Gianni, of course, the, the old Hollywood stuff is still, it's still valuable. And uh, it always will be, always will be the curiosity of Hollywood. Right. Let, let me do one more commercial. Then we'll come back and close it out. But, uh, I'm doing these commercials live now because I got so much going on. 
Fortunately, if you're in the New Jersey area, April 13th and 14th, I'll be at the Doubletree Hilton Hotel for a new thing that I'm involved in. And we're coming to Boston. We're coming to Boston in August. It's called PaisanCon. Like you have ThrillerCon, Comic-Con. Yeah. We yes, have PaisanCon. You got to be Italians to come to it. All our <laughs> guest celebrities. So this is the first one, April 13th and 14th. It's in Fairfield, New Jersey at the Doubletree. Make your reservations now because I, that's going to sell out. We got major, major people coming, friends of mine that want to help support it. And it's uh, a first. Everybody had a con. How come yeah. no Italians had a con? We got a con now. And we were yeah. first in cons. <laughs> con on the street. The original con right there. The original <laughs> con. All right, I we're back that. from our commercial. We're going to sign off. I, I think we have something now that is a, a lot different. We have two different audiences. We have three audiences with you where you are on the West Coast. And it's, it's, uh, it's, I welcome you. I thank you for getting in touch with us. And uh, I think we have something now that is really going to take us to another level. Yes. Yeah. So. Again, thank you guys for having me. Um, you know, it's nice that I can bounce ideas. And especially I got Johnny Russo in front of me. Do you know what I mean? If I have, like, I just asked you about, what did you, did you know anything about the, the two frontier? Yeah, absolutely. I was there. I mean, who else am I going to tell that? <laughs> Where exactly. else can I go? That's only because I'm old and I was in the sands every night. And then we went to Caesars. We just made Caesars every night. No. Hey, Mike, hey buddy, you have the sands? No, you know. So I, this is great. This is great. This is gonna, we're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to have some great guests. Um, you know, we're going to have some fun. And, yeah. uh, I do so love what you said. Gianni has, has a little something with every topic that you brought up. It was right. like, do you know this? So that's, that's going to be so fun because you'll have Gianni's take on so far, you haven't stumped him with anything. So that's not, unstoppable. He's the unstoppable man. <laughs> no, 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 it's just I've been. You know, I told somebody today, in 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 the, in the we were in, in talking, and uh, every time they brought up something, I I was like that contributing. They said, but but Johnny, you're only eighty one. I said, but you understand this. I hit the streets when I was thirteen. Normally, back then. After you finish college, 21, 22, you hit the streets. So I'm really 91 because I had the experience of being at the Copa every night at wow. that age. I'm hanging out with these people. I used we to hang did. out with Wilson. We, hey, Bobby Rydell showed up? Bobby no. Rydell. No? Why would Bobby Rydell show up at the Copa? When was well, he's saying that. He's saying that. I interviewed him, too. Oh, no, but Bobby Rydell. No. But I was there. I'll give you a story. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. There. I was there the night they were they a, a, a bowling team from New uh, from Brooklyn was heckling Sammy Davis Jr. and wow. calling certain names. Uh -oh. And at the next table was the Yankees, the team wow. Wow. celebrating. They cleared the room. <laughs> cleared the room. They Mickey, guys. Mickey and Billy Martin, they were nuts. Yeah. They went crazy, and all of a sudden, they, I mean, they all, because they were Yankees, nobody put them out in handcuffs, but they had to go down. Costello called them all. He said, don't go down. Don't worry about nothing. And nobody ever heard about no, no charges. <laughs> they sent some people to Brooklyn where these guys were and said, 
stay home, keep your mouth shut, and you're dead. <laughs> wow. Wow. I got if if we got time, if I could tell this one, you probably. Please. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to the guy who you can't stop. Anyways, there's a famous story about Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin. So Billy Martin went to go play, be the manager of the Texas Rangers. So he came into town with the team at the Rangers, and he says, "Hey, Mickey, listen. The owner of the Rangers gave me a brand new shotgun." He says, "I want come, let's go hunting somewhere. You know anybody?" He says, "Yeah, I know a friend of mine. He's got a huge tons of acres upstate New York. Blah 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 blah." He says, "I go up there all the time. We catch some deer once in a while." He says, "All right." So they were both they both played practical jokes on each other a lot when they were playing together on the same team. So they take the ride up to upstate New York. The guy's a doctor. So Mickey Mantle says, Billy, sit here. Stay here in the car. And he goes, let me go ask him if it's okay. Let me get his permission. So he knocks on the door and he says, um, whatever, Dr. So-and-so. He goes, listen, can we, I got Billy Martin in the car. Can we, you know, can we go get some deer on your, on your farm? He said, yeah, no problem, Mickey. He goes, but can you do me a favor? Sure, anything. He goes, I got a mule in the back over there. It hasn't worked, done any work in years. He says, can you put him down for me? I don't have the heart. He says, all right. So he runs back to the car. He opens the door and he starts grabbing the rifle out of Billy Martin's out of his, his hand. He goes, what are you doing, Mickey? What are you doing? He goes, the son of a bitch. You won't let us use his farm for, you know, to go get some deer. He says, I got I to go kill his mule. <laughs> so he walks up to the mule. He points the gun at the mule and he shoots the mule. All of a sudden behind him, he hears, boom. He goes, what are you doing, Billy? He goes, I got one of his cows too. Oh, <laughs> that's a true story. Look it up, folks. I love that man. But um, that's a great way to end the show. Well, with a bang, with a bang, with a bang, right. two bangs, two bangs. Oh, that's funny. Well, this is our new show, guys. So, and ladies out there, you'll never know what's going to be happening here. The new show's posted every Wednesday. We're going to share it with the Hollywood Kids audience. God bless you all. Jeannie, always a pleasure. Mike, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. God bless. Be careful out there. It's dangerous. That's right. Thank you. And that was that. And I'll be back. No regrets, no complaints. Lived a life with no restraints The little kid they all counted out Proved them all wrong, that's without a doubt Laying there with my left side numb Five year bout with polio, but yes I won From standing all corners like How many pens you want to living in a bakery Then opening my own restaurant Of course I had some help along the way Friends like Frank Costello that I miss each and every day Things from many years ago still resonate I can still see it like it's yesterday Eating pasta with Frank Sinatra Me and Marlon Brand